You're listening to the Eastside Church Podcast, and we appreciate you joining us. Let's listen in to a message from Pastor Alex Barefoot. Good morning. Happy Easter. Resurrection Sunday morning. Man, what a great day. But you know, the truth of the matter is, every morning is resurrection morning. Because there's new mercies in you every day. And that good. Hey, we're going to be in John. If you want to uh, take your Bibles, you're going to need them. Today, I hope you didn't come gathered to hear a great communicator because you're going to be disappointed. But if you came to listen to somebody who loves God and is being changed by him, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're in the right place. Amen. You know, one of the things that happens in church, and I kind of want to separate the difference between church and God this morning because there's a major difference, is sometimes people begin to look at the the leaders in a church and, and, and don't really realize that they're still being transformed. We look at them and put something on them that, that they can't carry. Only Jesus can carry it. And we're all being transformed into the image of Christ. And that's what we're going to see here. Uh, open your Bibles to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. We're going to start there. And we're going to look at, take like three different snapshots. What we're going to do is try to digest what's going on here these, these last days up to resurrection morning. And so I'm going to take a picture of Jesus trying to get into the head of the disciples what he was about to, what he was about to embark on. Just take a snapshot of that. Then I'm going to take a snapshot of Jesus being in the middle when he's talking to Pilate. Take a snapshot of that. And then I want to take a snapshot of, of Jesus' resurrection day, and he's, he's meeting again back with his disciples, and he's kind of giving them encouragement, and he's commissioning them to, to, to go and be the hands and feet of our Savior. And so to do that, I'm going to apple, try to answer one simple question, and that is this. A pilot asked the question when, when he's confronted with Jesus, he asked, he asked what is truth? What is truth? And man, I just think that's a great question today. Anybody asking, asking that question? What, what is truth? Well, I want to kind of ease you into this place that it's, that it's okay to begin to dis- try to discover what is really truth. You've got your own questions. You've got your own life. You come from, you come from a place that nobody else comes from. And so, and so you're looking at life through a lens that nobody else is looking through. And so you have your own personal questions. But here's the encouragement that I have for you today. Jesus says about himself, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He says, if you, if you gaze upon me, if you if you'll focus on me, I'm going to give you the answers. And what I want you to see as we go through this story, not only was Jesus trying to get some thick-headed disciples the answers to truth. How many feel like you qualify to be a follower of Christ just on that description? He was trying to get across to these folks what he was doing, and they just didn't get it, man. I mean, they lived with him every day for three years, and they still didn't get it. So how much harder is it going to be for us to get it in this day and age? What Jesus says about that, and we're going to close with this, I'm going to go ahead and give the ending away. 
And that is, he says, he says, blessed are you who believe when you see, but more blessed are those who believe when they don't see. And that's us. So in this, in this picture of saying, I am the truth, I am the way, I am the life, there are a lot of characters in it. There's several different characters. There's the religious leaders of the day. Now, you have to understand about the religious leaders of the day. They're a lot like the religious leaders of our day. And so one of the things that I wanted to do this morning was make sure you understand that the Bible is still really relevant because the leaders, the religious leaders of that day, you know what they were worried about? They were worried about losing influence over the people. They were, they were, they were worried about whether, whether they were going to have power or not. And they were worried about their financial condition. What's changed? <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're living in a place where the religious leaders so oftentimes are more concerned about, about the well-being of an institution than they are the well-being of the transformation process of those who are supposed to be called disciples or involved in, in the institution. You know, the, the, the whole idea of staff and what I've talked to our staff about for years is your job, I pay you to be transformed in front of people. Your job is not administrative in, in nature alone. As you administrate, if you're not encountering Christ and being taught the truth, the way, and the life, and showing people how to live in it, we're not doing anything at all. We're really not leading how you lead is you go somewhere that you want others to go. Follow me as I follow Christ. And so, and so we're being transformed. That's why it's so unfair for people in a congregation to believe. Now, there's a certain moral expectation that, that pastors should have but, or leaders should have in a church, small group leaders, nursery leaders, whatever it might be. There is a certain character that needs to be maintained, but... We put too much on them as if they're supposed to have it together better than we are. And the truth of the matter is, none of us have the fullness of the Godhead figured out. It's just, it, it's not there. We're, we're trying to discover it, and Jesus is revealing it to us. And he says, if you'll, if you'll gaze upon me, if you'll watch me, if you'll look at me, I'm the one who's going to show you the way, the truth, and the life. So you have the religious leaders. Then you have the government officials. Now I'm going to give away another part of the sermon. The government official, in this case, Jesus says about this government official, you would have no authority over me unless it was given you from above. Somebody needs to hear that. And on his death day, Jesus declares to the government body, you would have no power over me if it wasn't given to you from above. There is no government on this earth that has power over the believer that hasn't been given from above. Because we are not of this world. We're from another kingdom. We belong to another kingdom. If you're 
in faith. So there's the government official. Then there's the disciples who were with Jesus every day having a hard time grasping what in the world is going on. Trying to manip manipulate Jesus. You know, there Judas, Judas gets such a bad rap. He was predestined for the spot, which is an interesting thought. I won't let I won't get into that. But he answered the scripture that there was going to be one among them that would give them away. But you know, you know what Ju Judas was motivated by? Judas was motivated. Judas was motivated by the idea that he could force Jesus into taking over Rome. And Jesus told him that it, it wasn't time yet. That, that day will come when, when I come back and all the governments will be placed under my feet, but this is not the day. But they didn't understand that. And they were really, I think, trying to force the hand of Jesus to take over everything. They were trying to manipulate God. So you have those disciples. So with all that said, let's go to, let's go to John chapter 14. Now, if you go home today, what I would love for you to do, and I pray that you do, I pray that you care enough about Jesus that you would actually go home and read the account from 14 through 21 in John and just read the whole story of what Jesus endured so that we might be saved. We're going to hit a lot of it today, but you can get the full thing from 14 to 21. So verse 1, it says this. Let not your heart be troubled. Say that with me. In the midst of coronavirus, let not your heart be troubled. Everybody ready to get on through that, right? You believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus is saying. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. And the way, you know. And Thomas goes, no, I don't. I don't have a clue what you're talking about, Jesus. That's a southern right there. He says, he says to Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you're going, and how, how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am. I am. I am. The way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him, and you have seen him. And Philip says to him, I don't have a clue either, Lord. <laughs> Show us the father, and it's sufficient for us. And Jesus said, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me? This should be incredibly encouraging to you. You should be just like, yes! <laughs> they, they don't get it either. <laughs> and as soon as we think we get it, God says we don't know nothing. <laughs> There's so much. You don't know me, Philip? You've not known me, Philip? 
I love that it's personal. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father's in me? The words that I speak to you, I, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father's in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works that I do themselves. Now this is what I want to point out to you this Easter Sunday. Jesus is saying that he and the Father are one. He is saying that if you've seen him, you've seen the Father. He is saying the, the, the way his mo everything about him, his motivation, what he does, how he thinks, everything about him is an exact replication of the Father and what the Father says he says. And so I just want to tell you right now, you need to make a decision of whether you believe that this man was the biggest fraud in the history of the world or he was God. He said there's not any in-between thought. He's either God or he's a fraud because he's claiming to be God. He's saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the creator of the universe. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So, in Brannon-esque fashion, I'm going to look up a few definitions. I had to get my wife to do it because I can't read. No, that's not true. <laughs> I, I am the way. I love the fact that he says, I am. I mean, that, that's big to me, just, 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 just for something. And let me just give you another deal. Let me just show you something. It's in this story. You're going to have to get it. When he says, I am, he's doing that intentional, folks. This is, not, this is not accidental. You know, when the guards come up, and they come up and says, we're looking for, who you're looking for, Jesus says, he's looking for Jesus. He says, I, I am he. It says, they fell to the ground. Fraud or God? Your choice. Your choice to believe and to order your life based on the I am. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now let's look at the way. The way is the road, the path, the course, the path, the journey, a way of life, how you conduct yourself, a, a, a way set out for you. God has a way set out for you. It's a directive. It, there's a towards that you need to be going toward. You need to uh, uh, line up with to accomplish a journey that was set before the foundation of the world. He makes your way. It's the road for you. It's your behavior it's your future. I am the way. I am the truth. The truth, Jesus says, I am the truth. The truth is reality. It's, it's looking at life with truth and reality, the character of truthfulness. It, it means there's a sincerity and a frankness and a candor about truth. And Jesus says, I am the truth. 
what I do, how I think, my, my way of doing, my way of thinking is truth. And he contrasts that to any worldly way of thinking. And, and, and he says about our worldly way of thinking that it is in direct opposition of kingdom. And there's a, there's a colliding of that going on currently. I mean, it is coming from every direction, this, this, this ideology towards truth. And we've got to make a decision that we believe that Jesus is truth. John says this, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so, and so we see that Jesus says about himself that he's the way, he's the truth, and the life. And I love this life part. Because Jesus says about you and me that he came to give us life, right? And to give it to us more abundantly. He, he came so that you could realize the 100% of the you that you were created to be. And what he's saying is without him, you can't, you can't achieve that. You can achieve a lot of other things, but it's not what, it's not to the maximum. It's not to the full potential of what he created you to do and be. And how he created you to feel and how he created you to deal with life circumstances, hard things that you could go through easier. He said, I came to give you peace. I came to give you joy. I came to give you peace when it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. When you shouldn't have peace. The way and the truth brings peace so that you can have life in a way that you couldn't have it if you didn't live it with him. So this life is, it's not just for now, but it's also life everlasting. Here's the interesting part for me. You know, the church gets wrapped up in being born again. Born again is mentioned one time in Scripture. Life? Life, time after time after time after time. I came to give you life in a way that you can't live it without me. That's what Jesus said. And it's not only for now, it's everlasting life. It's for eternity. You're, you're just on a learning curve until when you're face-to-face -face with the Savior, as Bethany saying just a minute ago, when you're face-to-face -face with the Savior, it says you're going to know. All the blinders are going to fall off. We see in a mirror dimly right now, but one day it's going to be face-to-face, -face and we're going to have understanding. It's going to be a beautiful day. But right now, you're being taught by the Spirit of God the truth about who Jesus is, his way, his truth, his life. So it means life. It means substance. It means living life in a, in a way that you couldn't live it. It's, it's our very existence. He says, I'm your existence. You know, it's interesting to me that, that we're the only thing that was created in the image of God. All these things that are out there that, that are beautiful, their intent is to worship God, and ours too, but we were created in the image of God. And it's interesting that he breathed on us, which is the same word for spirit, and he gave us life, he gave us a spirit. And our spirit is what's born again. 
but it makes you and I unique and, and able to be in, in relationship with the Father like no other thing on the, on the planet. John tells us that if we'll believe, if we'll walk with him, if we'll receive the Spirit of God, that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit will make their home with us. And he will, he will teach you more and more and more and more. I, I really feel like this message is for so many of us who are discouraged. So many of us who, who don't understand. You know, we, we had a, cor a coronavirus. Why in the world? I, I thought God was the healer. I thought God was this. I, I thought God was this. I thought God was, you know, all my views of God, they just go poof. They're gone with one little sickness. Or one little time in history. There's so many people I feel that are like that, that are questioning everything they believe. And there are times all through Scripture that you can read that that's the same case. I mean, Gideon was in a cave and he said, Where's the God who used to do all the miracles? It was a quiet time for 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. There, there was no there was no word. I mean, it's not like it's not like God hadn't allowed the church to to sift itself out to find out who was going to raise to the top and build their life on the foundation of, of the rock of Jesus Christ. And the question is, are are you going to be one? And I want to encourage you today that nobody has their act together. We, I mean, I talk to people all week long that are going through the same thing you are that are in leadership in churches all over. Here's the encouragement. Watch Jesus' interaction with Pilate. It's a beautiful thing. Let's look at it. It's in John chapter 18, verse 33 through 38. It says, then Pilate entered the uh, praetorium, which is actually, it's his house, it's his garden area, it's his place, it's part of his home. Again, and called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? This is great dialogue. Now, you're talking about the creator of the universe and the governing body of Jerusalem, Right? Are you the king of the universe? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this? Is this your own thought? Or did you just hear somebody else say it? He gave Pilate on the spot the ability to make a decision on whether he was going to believe that he was king. It's similar to Paul on the road to Damascus. When Paul was on the road to Damascus, Jesus appears to Paul and says to Paul, why do you kick against the goats? The goat is the thing that you poke the ox with to get it to move. I'm trying to get you to move, Paul. Why do you keep kicking against me? You know I'm there. You know I'm real. But you're fighting. You see the difference between Paul and Pilate? As we know it, Paul made a conversion. Pilate never made the step. Now listen, he was fearful. He knew there was something different about Jesus. His wife had had dreams 
He was scared to death. He even said to the people, I find no fault in this man. Now, you can find no fault in Jesus, but that won't get you in the kingdom. The only thing that gets you in the kingdom is to believe. Do you say I'm king? Or did you just hear somebody else say it? Do you believe that in your heart? Is it in there? King or fraud? He's either king or he's a fraud. Pilate answered, am I a Jew? You your own nation and the chief priests had delivered you to me. What, ha what have you done? And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that, I could, so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are, are you a king then? And Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? Jesus just told him what truth was. The truth is, everything that embodied Christ everything that was appearing right before him. And he didn't have eyes to see it fully. There are a thousand things that are happening all across our world right now that we're getting reports in media and voices everywhere that are trying to distract you from the truth that Jesus is king. Already, Somebody say already. <laughs> You're going to play for a long time, brother. I'm just telling you right now. Pilate said to him, what is truth? <laughs> That's okay, though. The resurrected Lord is truth. So, so he has this encounter with Pilate. He gives Pilate an opportunity. In John chapter 20, verse 19, through 29, it says this. Th this, is, this is Jesus being resurrected. So he had this encounter with Pilate. Y'all see that? I got distracted there for a minute. I'm coming right back. All right. The, the next thing we see is, is the disciples. That's one encouragement. Jesus even tried to reach out to Pilate. So you're not too far gone. Doesn't matter what, you've, what stand you've taken up until this point, you're not too far gone. He gives you an opportunity after. He'll chase you till you say yes, if you're going to say yes. He's chasing Pilate. He's not scared of his questions. He's answering them. Pilate has an opportunity to believe or not. So here he is gathered back around with his disciples after the resurrection. And you see another story. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled because the coronavirus was coming, they were scared. <laughs> no, it was the Jews that they were scared of. Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. 
When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then his disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. This is beautiful. I can preach on this right here. They got baptized in the Holy Spirit in Acts. Here Jesus breathes on them, commissions them to begin to do things that he had done. The commission comes here. Again, it's the breath of God that is breathing life into something. And he says, if you forgive the sins of, 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 of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So don't, want to even, don't even want to touch that. Here's what I want you to see right here. Verse 24, now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We've seen the Lord. And so he said to them, Unless I see his hands, the prints of the nails, and put my finger in the print of the nails, and put my hand in the side, I will not believe. There's a lot of people in this day and age that says, When I see it, I believe it. When I, when I see it, I believe it. And I don't think that's a terrible stance. I'm not scared of you taking that stance. If you take it in the right position, if you take it, I don't believe that mess. I don't believe that mess. That's a bunch of junk. Now, he still can penetrate that, by the way, because he knows your heart. But if you take it and say, I just, I don't understand. I don't think Thomas was like, eh. I think he had these buddies, man. I mean, this, this, was, this was Robert Britt. This was JP. This, this was Vulo. He was hanging out. I mean, these were buddies, and they're testifying of the Christ. And he goes, oh, man, I love you guys, but ugh, I've got to see it myself. To believe that he rose from the dead. Well, it's really beautiful. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. If his Father sent me, I also send you. And he breathes the Holy Spirit. He says, receive. And Thomas called the twin. He's not there. Verse 26. And after eight days, everybody say eight days. His disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Ha! There's Thomas. Jesus came to the door, being shut, and stood in the midst. And he said, not only peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Thomas, reach your finger in here, bro. Look at my hands. Reach your hand in here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you've seen, because you've seen me, you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Here's what I want you to know today. No matter what your questions are, if you'll go to Jesus with the right posture, he'll, he'll satisfy your longing. He'll satisfy your doubt. 
He'll move in the place that you need him to move because you're created different. Your life view is different than anybody in the room, and he knows exactly what it is, and he created you for purpose, and you are the glory of God in a totally unique way that he wants to mine. He wants to shape. He wants to show you the way and the truth and the life. So I didn't come to judge. I came so that you'd have life and have it abundantly. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of your questions. Just be ready to hear answers. Answers that aren't go- that are going to be out of this world. Because what we're saying about Jesus is that he was God. What we're saying about Jesus is that he created the universe, the cosmos, by his word. And that he was sent by the Father. He said to Pilate, for this thing I was born. To reconcile God to man. And so, that thing that got broken in the garden. So that we could live eternally with God. Do you know that you weren't born to die? Death's so strange. How many would agree death is weird? You were born to live. That got reconciled with Christ so that we could have eternal life with the Father. So he is the firstborn of the ones who are going to be raised from the dead. He's just the first. All those who believe will live eternally with Christ because of his sacrifice on a hill called Golgotha. Thank you, Jesus. So my question then becomes, who are you more like? Are you more like Pilate? Are you more like the disciples? Are you more like the religious leaders? What are we more like? We're all, we might have a little bit piece of all of it, you know. I might be a little like Pilate with unbelief. I might be a little like the disciples, thick-headed. I might be a little like the religious leaders, thinking I know more than I really do. Worried about losing influence. Power. Jesus is saying to us today, I am the way and the truth and the life. You've got to make a decision today whether I'm going to be your king or you're just going to take the stance that I, I have nothing against him. I'm not going to make a commitment. I wash my hands of this thing. I'm not going to make a decision either way.
Can I testify to you real quickly? I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't for Jesus. I was wide open hellion. And he revealed himself to me. And there are times when I still like, like a dummy. Like I should know better. And there are times that you do the same. But we have a Savior that wants to help us understand truth. It's just His character. It's His way. It's His way of thinking. It's His way of doing. He's got a way for us that He wants to point us down. And then He says, I'm going to give you the Spirit of God to live with you, to guide you. Verse chapter 14, it's at the end, to guide you into all truth. You have the ability to know the truth. And when you know the truth, it'll set you free. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I pray that there's not one person in this room that doesn't make a commitment. Either way, king or fraud, king or fraud, pray that there's no one in this room that's scared of their questions because Jesus you call us by name Thomas, Philip I'm going to meet you I'm going to chase you to the place where you believe thank you Lord for loving us that much that you care for each one of us so carefully Give us eyes to see, ears to hear what the Spirit's saying. Amen. Why don't we stand together? Thanks for joining us today for our podcast. Eastside Church exists to help people encounter Jesus, be equipped to grow and engage their community. For more information, please go to our website at eastsidechurch.co.